Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Get another win, Ho Hummer against the Phillies at home. Yanks taking care of business against the National League teams. I like the schedule the way that it is without all the division opponents. I hate the fact that we've already seen the Yankees in two series, both against National League teams. Either way, they wipe out the Phillies, who are winless on the year. And you heard Marco talk about it. Glaber Torres, another productive day. Nice to see Torres getting off to a good start. And Glaber's a guy that should have high expectations put on him. I know they've kind of gone away over the last couple of years, but you forget how good Glaber Torres could actually be. And he has been that for the Yankees so far to start. And he's got to do that because you have, you know, the 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 talk of Glaber, or at least there was talk of Glaber being traded potentially. Remember, this was when Peraza was expected to win the shortstop job and then move Volpe to second base potentially. Either way, Glaber gets an opportunity here as the second baseman, and he's making the most of it so far to start the year. So good for Glaber Torres. The offense you know, beat up on Taiwan Walker a little bit, who didn't have it uh, early on. Walker only lasting four and a thirds, giving up four runs. And we're familiar with Taiwan Walker, watching him with the Mets for the last couple of years. He's okay, but against a good lineup, he could get himself in trouble. Rizzo with a bomb, his first home run of the year. Look, the Yankees, they're doing what they do best. Four games in, the Yankees are mashing home runs. Nestor Cortez was terrific as well through five innings. You're not going to see these guys go deep into games early on. So Cortez, five innings, one run, and maybe more importantly was just his defense, backing up home plate. That was when you knew the game was over, where Cordero airmailed to throw home, and Philadelphia got themselves caught up uh, on the base paths, and Cortez made a nice play backing up home, getting Marsh out at third. Uh, I believe it was Marsh who got uh, nailed at third. And then end in the inning, taking uh, any threat that the Phillies might have had out. And that was really the end of that ball game as far as competitiveness goes, where the Yanks just trounced uh, the Phillies, as we said. But Rizzo with a home run as well. Look, Yankees looking pretty good here early on as they try to get their feet here underneath them to start this season, find out what they're going to be. And, you know, minimal impact from Volpe, again, although he was on base a couple times, with uh, with the walks, and you know, fans are going to go nuts waiting for Volpe to do some major damage here. A little bit of a slow start through four games, but Yanks with the power display, and that's what it's all about for them. And that's how they win games here. And really, it's been 
Not that it hasn't been any competition for them, but they've handled the Giants, and now Philly's in this game one with relative ease. Domingo Herman will be back on the mound tonight for the Yanks as they uh, will play their fifth game of the year. Again, night game against the Phillies. As for the Mets earlier in the day, you know, it was an ugly performance. One of the ones, one of the rare times you saw a non-competitive Mets game under Buck Showalter. I mean, this team generally did not get blown out, and they compete hard through nine innings. That was not the case yesterday, where once they gave up that seventh spot in the fifth inning, they were kind of toast. Or not kind of, they were toast. The offense was never there for the Mets, just three hits all day long. And I know everybody's going to talk about Carrasco, which we will in a minute, but really the offense to me has been a little bit uh, a little bit of a problem. Brandon Nimmo, slow start to the year. Uh, Marte's okay, but he took the collar yesterday. Lindor, slow start uh, to the year. Alonzo, slow start to the year. McNeil, slow start. Stop me when I'm... McNeil, slow start to the year. Marquette has had one game at least that he you know helped the Mets win single-handedly. Um, and, but he hasn't been very good. You know, you look at the Mets' offense... They, nobody's doing anything. They had three hits. Two of them were from uh, Guillaume. Luis Guillaume getting uh, the two base hits as he got the start for Eduardo Escobar. So the Mets offense not looking good early on this year. And while they were productive as far as the series goes in Florida, winning three games out of the four from the Marlins, overall, those to me would be things that you start to look at and be a little concerning. because. And again, I know it's a very small sample size. Don't get me wrong. But it would be a little concerning because to have none of those guys going is, you know, they cannot win. They're not built to win without Lindor and Alonzo producing at a high level. And both those guys are struggling very mightily to start the year. And that's a problem. And you're going to need those guys to pick it up at some point. Now, you know, the next two games, they have Scherzer on the mound tonight, which will be helpful in Milwaukee, and they need Max to be dominant more so than what he was in the first start of the year. But remember, the Mets didn't lose series last year pretty much at all. I forget when they lost their first series, but it was a while. Remember before they lost their first series and already are in danger of doing that right out of the gate here in Milwaukee after taking three or four from Miami, now potentially losing two of three. Um, you know, they have to win these next two to make sure they secure the series from the Brewers before returning home for the home opener on Thursday. One of the things that stood out from the game yesterday, aside from the Mets not being able to hit, and aside from uh, Carlos Carrasco getting lit up. And look, with Carrasco, it is concerns that I would have anyway coming into the year, but then after that performance, there are concerns. But the pitch clock was an issue. Right out of the game with Carrasco. first Before he even threw his first pitch of the game, a violation was called on him. And then he goes out there and was not very effective through his four innings, allowing the five earned runs, and got hit pretty hard. And then talked about it afterwards, saying he's got to get used to the pitch clock and the pace of the game to where he was fatigued by it. That's a problem. And it is something that we haven't really talked about. We're talking about the pace of play and the time of play with the new rule changes. But as far as pitchers potentially being winded or needing to build up stamina, you know, that for a veteran guy like Carrasco, that is telling. And I don't know, you know, how long that would take to get acclimated and adjust and build up stamina. 
And maybe that's something we'll see early on, and then after a, you know a few starts, maybe it starts to get corrected. But that's a problem. And you also had Mark Canna talking about how I mean, you get called out on strikes due to a pitch violation or a batter violation with the, uh, with the pitch clock in the ninth inning. And he was talking about how he usually looks at the velocity on the scoreboard, and he was waiting for the velocity to come up before he got in the batter's box. By the time that happened, it was down to five seconds on the pitch clock, and he got the violation. Well, guess what, Mark? You can't sit there and stand at the vo- uh, vo- stare at the velocity anymore when you have the pitch clock. Get in the box. you got to go hit. And it's not just those two, but the Mets have been impacted here to a certain extent by the pitch clock. It's something that everybody's going to have to get used to, but there is going to be an adjustment period. And there's no doubt that the games are moving along a lot quicker than they were, you know, a year ago with the addition of now the the pitch clock. And I do like the other rules as far as um, baseball goes with the, um, you know, the, the base stealing or the banning of the shift. You're seeing more defense and seeing high singles. All that stuff seems to be pretty good. But the But the pitch clock and the pitchers now having to build up some stamina or at least Carlos Carrasco, well, that could be an issue. Tommy Hunter came in and was gasoline on the fire for the Mets. He gave up five runs basically immediately as he came in. Look, Hunter's one of those guys who shouldn't be on a major league roster, so I'm not trying to pick on him, but you know what it is. When Hunter's in the game, it's a give-up game. He'll be on the roster for a little bit, and then when the games get important down the stretch, you know, the Mets are going to have to improve that bull club and the bullpen, and Tommy Hunter is not going to be there, you wouldn't think. Um, but anyway, Carrasco got lit up, and... The first time through the rotation for the Mets overall, and like we said, we'll see Herman tonight for the Yankees, and that'll be their first time through. Overall for the Mets, it was okay. Senga was good outside of a shaky first inning. McGill, okay. Peterson, okay. Scherzer, okay. Carrasco, bad. And three and two is not the worst thing in the world, but now they got to go out there and win two from the Brewers. But just a a drubbing at the hands of Milwaukee for the Mets. And there have to be at least some concerns. And look, this team is good. I mean, we talked about it yesterday, coming off of the weekend. You forget how good the Mets are as a team. But then you watch them perform like that offensively, and you remember, you know what, they need a bat. Because they're so heavily reliant on the main guys. And I don't know what the problem is yesterday, but... You know, nobody getting a hit basically outside of Guillaume. It was just Daniel Vogelback who had the hit outside of Guillaume. That just can't happen. And you can't use the excuse of, well, early April and the pitchers are ahead of the hitters. Yeah, maybe to a certain extent, but we're talking about a ball game that was being played indoors in comfortable temperature. You know, you got guys like Lindor, Alonzo, McNeil who are competing in the WBC as, you know, whatever worth you think that may have. You know, they talk about getting ready for the season and. You know, Lindor has, is hitting a buck forty-three so far. Alonso hitting a buck sixty-seven so far through the first five games. Now, you know those are issues. Those guys, you saw Mark Canna carry the team for a game. You've seen Narvaez contribute. You've seen Nimmo, Marte contribute a little bit. Alonso and Lindor have to have their games to start picking up uh, this ball club. But so far, you know the Yankees three and one through their first game, four games. The Mets 3-2 and two through their first five. I still think you're looking at pretty much what you expected to see with these ball clubs. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this about Carrasco. He's going to be the first guy out of that rotation. I just feel it. Whereas you get Verlander back, you know, and I know that maybe he's 
you know, obviously he doesn't have options at this point in his career, and maybe somebody like Tyler McGill, you figure you send him down. But as far as being the best pitcher in that rotation or the better pitchers in that rotation, I think Carrasco is the one I trust the least right now. Sad to say, but it may be lights out for him. And remember, this is not just one bad start. I know we had a great stretch of games last year, but he hasn't been very good now. And if you know, consistently since he's been a Met. Hurt, and then he came back and he wasn't performing in the first year. And then, you know, last year, um, up and down, more good than bad, I would say, during that great stretch, but still toward the end, didn't really trust Carrasco. And now this you know, coming off a of spring where he didn't look that good. And a matter of fact, the last time he actually was on the mound before yesterday was the spring game that I was at on March 17th. I couldn't believe that. I heard them talking about that on the radio as I was driving in. Maybe that's just part of, you know, the struggles with Carrasco. He's got to get more work. But I, I just, I'm getting the feeling that, put it this way, maybe he won't be the first guy out. He's not going to last this entire year in that rotation. Assuming that other guys stay healthy or get back healthy, Scherzer, Verlander, Kodai, Senga, I don't believe, you know, and then obviously Peterson competing. I don't believe Carrasco is going to be here um, in that rotation all year long. Maybe they transition him to a bullpen spot and he takes over for, say, Tommy Hunter. I'm not sure what the end game here is with Carrasco. And I'm not trying to write him off after one start. But you just feel like you can't trust him. You can't go out there and have this guy take it a pounding every fifth day. I don't care if he's fifth starter or not. He's got to be able to go out there and be competitive. And there were some alarming signs in that performance yesterday. Mainly the idea that he needs to build up stamina for the pitch clock. Anyway, 877-337-6666. How you feeling about the baseball teams concerned with the Mets and they're getting pasted at the hands of the Brewers? 10-zip. How you feeling about the Yanks? Pretty good with the Yanks playing long. See how the Yankees are doing it through the first four games? It's Judge, it's Stanton, it's LeMayu, it's Glaber, it's Rizzo. At least, it may not be consistent with everybody, but at least you're seeing productivity from different players night in, night out. That's how the best offenses work, where on a night where, you know, Giancarlo goes hitless, Glaber Torres can pick him up. Aaron Judge has been consistent. Through. Look at the difference, and again, I know it's a very, very small sample size, but look at what the Mets batting average is for some of their top guys. We mentioned, you know, the buck 67 or buck 43 versus the Yankees. Judge hitting 412, Rizzo 333, Torres 333, LeMahieu 308. You know, the Yankees offense is there early on. The Mets is not. Sound familiar? 877-337-6666. UConn wins the national championship and and what was kind of a dominant Tournament run for him. Uh, really, another non-competitive game for him. Large lead. No surprise at this point that they were going to, you know, weeks ago. You kind of got the feel that UConn was by far the best team, and they showed that. I'm more concerned or more excited about what that's going to mean for the Big East moving forward, especially now when you factor in Patino and St. John's, maybe setting up a nice battle there between the two and kind of, I don't know, reinvigorate Big East basketball and and in this town and get people excited uh, about uh, about St. John's and, and maybe UConn moving forward. But anyway, congrats to Hurley and the Huskies as they get uh, their fifth national title running through the national tournament uh, in uh, 
thrilling fashion, really just uh, crushing um, you know, their opponents throughout. So congrats to them. And you know, look, we're getting ready here for playoff runs by the locals, Knicks, Rangers. We wait to finish out the regular season for both those teams and get set for the postseason. And we're waiting on that. And obviously, the health of Julius Randle is a big factor there. But um, you have that to look forward to as well, whether you're a Knicks or Rangers fan. Obviously, the Islanders, Devils will be in there as well, the Nets. So a lot going on over the course of the next couple of weeks. You got the draft to look forward to that's happening uh, you know, in April. So a lot to discuss. But the baseball with the Mets and the Yankees getting their seasons underway how you feeling about each club so far? 877-337-6666. Your calls on the other side. Sal Licata on the fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 